and welcome to another exceedingly supportive episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts, Katherine Weigel. I've lost just about 150 pounds. Wow. And with me today is my ultra-supportive husband. Donald Weigel, the super-supportive Donald Weigel, co-host of We Only Look Thin, and I have lost a little over 100 pounds. That is amazing. Like Thank we you. We got uh, a great uh, gift over the holidays, which is basically a glorified, uh, what is it? A, a uh, f- uh, Like a digital photo frame. Digital photo frame. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's, it's called. It's a Google Nest Home, which is not the product of no. the week. How? but. Um, it used to be just a Google Home or yeah, something. Anyway, but, now it's got Nest in the title. And anyway, we get just a a cavalcade of photos streaming by, and when we're lucky, we get great before photos of us uh, from the before time where we didn't think we had an issue with. Yeah, as eating. we're doing this, there's a photo of me at probably two hundred and fifty. Well, I shouldn't I shouldn't give my exact weight, uh, but. Uh, His heaviest diabetic weight. <laughs> yeah, about a hundred pounds heavier than uh, than I am right now, and uh, it's it's a nice reminder uh, of how you know the progress and how far we've come. Well, and it's sometimes it's it's really easy. Must be nice uh, to kind of forget our roots sometimes and forget how far we've come. And please know that we still uh, struggle on this whole weight loss journey. Um, but it's great to see the before because now we can see the now and appreciate um, how far we've come. So, uh, so yeah. We sure do struggle. Let I- <laughs> me tell you that. <laughs> Speaking of struggling, um, back in... We're going to go in the Wayback Machine. We're going to skip the Tao and the Pal this week. Tao! We, we got a lot tip to say. Tip of the week Tip to of the week But to I'm still going to say that. You felt like you just got a tip. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't. Ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> laughing They're at our like, listeners I like, mockingly. I feel like they gave us a tip. I just don't remember. Yeah. Um, so in October of 2004, uh, a little show called The Biggest Loser came on the air. Yes. And uh, with the promise of fixing And it was people, not my life story. <laughs> as our daughter said. Yeah. Um, but uh, as you all know, we're not going to explain The Biggest Loser. They basically, uh, I'm just, um, I'm going to explain it, but very briefly. We're not going <laughs> to explain, explain it, it but, but we're going to explain here's it the history right of it. now. Uh, two teams of very overweight people are pushed to their physical endurance limits and barf everywhere to lose uh 10 to 20 pounds a week yeah, they, uh, in an they ultra contest. A, they lock them in a compound and then personal trainers scream at them while they do things that they're not ready to do is, physically is, and then they make them i don't know they don't really talk about what they're making them eat no, which is but, annoying yeah so uh that's a certain kind of support that you can get yeah being yelled at by trim people uh, like jillian michaels um and at the beginning i remember thinking if only I could go on The Biggest Loser, I would not be uh, 300 pounds, which is what I was uh, back around 2004. Yeah, if we just had the opportunity to be locked in a compound and have somebody scream at me and do nothing but fitness all day, then I could lose the weight. Then well, I could get it together. And the thing is, the old show was filmed about a 30-minute drive from where we live. Yeah. A drivable distance. I could sneak onto the compound, right. dress like one of the contestants, they never know. Jillian Michael just yells at overweight people. That's all yeah. I know. Um, but really, I thought 
if only I could be on that show, that would be the trick to weight loss. Um, when I was a kid, and I don't think I told you this, but looking at uh, Seventeen magazine, your Tiger Beats, yeah. your Teen Beats, in the back they would always have little ads for you know products that you could buy or whatever. But right. they also there was always this little ad for a place in San Diego that was like a fat kid camp. Oh, like, I don't know if I even told you this. I feel like I'm going to cry talking about it. Oh, um, honey. <laughs> but I remember wanting like to go to this camp to figure out like, oh, man, if I could just go there and they could show me how to eat and they could show me yeah. like how to work out that I would be fixed. And I was so self-conscious about it. I never told my parents I wanted to go. I never said anything. But I just remember looking at the ad being like, that's what I'm missing. Like, that's the one thing I need. And yeah. As an adult, seeing The Biggest Loser just made me think, like, that's the one thing I need. And seeing the the swift results and the amazing progress. And I think we even ran into – do you remember Ryan, the winner of the yeah, first? Yeah, 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 yeah. We ran into him at our 24-hour fitness. When we were members of a gym, yeah. But and he had he had won, but it, it was like a year later and he'd put on We saw him 60, and he had gained back a lot of the weight. 70 pounds. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time – you were fixed. Like you hit the finish line. Like yeah. I don't understand how you could gain weight. Like you had ever, all the resources and all the money and it really I really didn't process it. I didn't yeah. realize that there was a reason that he had gained. And part of the reason we're talking about this is that they have just rebooted the show on USA Network um and supposedly it they had revamped it and you know, I hadn't seen it in many, many years, but we watched the first episode last night, and it was very much the very same, troubling, the they, same show, and kept... it was really like it was really upsetting to me to to watch. Well, and being on the other side of it, having done mostly mental work around losing weight, seeing you know from the other side these people who are still being screamed at who are throwing up yeah. from overexerting yeah, themselves yeah they were they were uh, making them throw like they were making them work out until they literally threw up like and it was you know at one point the one team like somebody was was barfing into a bucket and the other trainer on the other team was like see you're not working hard enough look how hard they're working yeah out. if you're not throwing up you're not working hard enough and I wanted to punch Donald's very expensive television, but I didn't. <laughs> you leave my TV alone. I'd rather I... you punched me than the television. <laughs> um, but anyway, I had hoped with the reboot when they said that they were revamping it because they got a lot of negative press for many contestants gaining weight, um, having metabolisms that were ruined, whatever. We're not going to go into the details of that, but there was a lot of backlash about it. And with the promise of a new way to do it, we I wanted, you know, mostly as an experiment just to watch the first episode. And I was really hopeful when the female trainer yeah. said that she weighed 300 pounds at one point and she got her life together and she had been at goal weight for five years and that it was difficult to keep it there. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah, one of us. Yeah, and she said that she just started by walking and counting calories and, you know, and I was like, oh, well, maybe she's going to actually have a sensible approach to this right. whole thing. And then, and then flash forward, she's making, you know, people who have never worked out before, what are they called? Weapon belts or what? No, what is the thing called? Oh, the, um, the, uh, the ropes, the, the, uh, the battle ropes. Battle ropes. They had yeah. people with these giant battle ropes. Like, wow, wow, wow. Anyway, I'm not. The product the of action. the week is battle ropes. Battle ropes. These are like hardcore training 
Yeah, they're like these giant ropes that are affixed to a wall that, you know, you always see people, you know, who are in super shape. They're like swinging them up and down. Yeah, you know, because in, in your normal life, you yeah, know, you've got to battle like rope it. flipping <sighs> giant truck tires and things like that. Right, and if you have to do like double Dutch jump rope for a giant and you need the strength to carry right. giant ropes, like that's your thing. <laughs> the giant's double Dutch ropes. <laughs> but anyway... They're pushing people to their physical limits. They're yelling at them to get off the floor. They're making them run a mile and telling them it's mental that they can't run a mile. I have been there. It is not. There is mental work that needs to be done. Yeah. But you're not going to barf out all of your woes. Anyway, uh, there's, there's a reason we're talking about all of this. Not a super big fan of episode one. Big fan of the people on the show who are desperate oh, yeah. for change. I'm rooting for them and rooting for them to, you know, to find the answers. But, you know, the show, unfortunately, reinforces this idea. It reinforces several terrible ideas in terms of weight loss. One is that you have to get taken out of your life in order to be able to lose weight, that you have to be taken away from your normal life and from all of your problems and have to focus entirely on it um, and, you know, work out just constantly right. no, all day long in order to be able to lose weight. No pain, no gain. Like, and, the more pain, the more you're making your fat cry and leave. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it and then was, they, they made them all weigh themselves at the end of the show, and this one woman, they, they were had only been there for a week, and this one woman lost five pounds, and they acted like it was a disaster. Right, and you she know, was afraid of, like, getting kicked off because she didn't bring it home for her Because teen. everyone else had, had lost, like, nine to 15 pounds in one week, and it is horrifying, you know. If I if somebody is if someone is losing more than about a pound a week, I think they're going too fast yeah, personally. And, and look, this this is all to say, and and there's actually a reason we're we're talking about all this. We we wanted to talk about the biggest loser, but our our topic of the week is finding the right support, or if you're not getting the kind of support that you need. Yeah. And this show, like Donald said, just perpetuates the pain the isolation yeah. and the being torn out of your actual life to make progress at an unsustainable and dangerous pace. And we are not advocating for that. Uh, so, and and that's what we do. We don't advocate for Yeah, that. you know, it's slow and sustainable changes are what worked for us. And, you know, I try to be plan agnostic on this show, meaning that, you know, if you want to do keto, if you want to do Weight Watchers, if you want to go paleo, you know, whatever your plan is, whatever you, whatever is going to work for you, whatever you can stay on for the rest of your life, I'm, I'm good with that. But what I am not good with are these unsustainable, drastic, you know, work out 10 hours a day, have tra having trainers scream at you. And they never talked about food at all on the, on the show. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, we are, I don't think we're going to watch any additional episodes of it. So maybe they'll shock us in episode three by working on mindset. But this is just to say that we have been on both sides of it. And to have the trainer literally say, all I did when I was 300 pounds was start walking a little bit and eating at a deficit. And yeah. then she's screaming at people, you know, to, to dump over giant tractor tires. Like, Please don't do that. Please don't think that that is the way to be berated, to be yelled at, and to be isolated or made to feel shame is any way to practice self-care. And in it is hard enough in our home environments 
to find the right support, to find a way to share our shame that we have around our weight. Because a huge part of it, I mean, we have been married for 20 some years. I wouldn't tell Don what I weighed for the first 18 years of our marriage. Yeah, she would never let me see her get on a scale and and wouldn't tell me what the weight was even. And, you know, we have a really, you know, super close, solid relationship. But that was something that, you know, she wouldn't, didn't want me to face. And I don't think I wanted to tell her what I weighed either. No, and we all, and I think Donald's got some great uh, words on this. I'm I'm just sort of riffing, you know, kind of like the, <laughs> the, the, the free form you're acid like, You're like a version. beat poet. You're yeah. like the beat poet of weight loss. Um, but we carry so much shame around our weight, which for me is really the source of my secret eating because there's so much shame that comes from being overweight for not being able to control yourself to not setting boundaries with people. And maybe they'll talk about that on The Biggest Loser. But for me, that hiding shame and isolation breeds more hiding shame and isolation and wanting to be taken out of your environment because like, I didn't want you to know what I weighed. I wanted to go to a you know, I wanted to go to a camp where I could lose all the weight and come back fixed. And like, yeah, the holistic approach, like I'd like to see a biggest loser where it was like, Sally's going to go to work on Monday and Jim is bringing in bagels. Like, let's see what happens. Like that's yeah, actual life, not being able to flip over tires. Uh, exactly. And, and, you know, as soon as you lose all that weight in that situation and you go back to your normal life, they're not training the people to to live their normal lives and also fit in exercise and eating well. You know, they're they're throwing them into this situation and having them lose weight at an unsustainable pace. And, you know, no wonder so many of the contestants gain the weight back when they go back to their regular lives. Yeah. And the the reason that this topic came up um and which we're going to talk about next of having people in your life who are not supportive of your health goals um we're hopefully going to take a deep dive into why you might not be supportive what kind of help you might actually want to look for and ways to get support if you're around people who are not supportive so um we're going to we're going to go in deep there and and frankly it ties into other parts of our life too um, yeah. when i was about 18 19 i had a boyfriend not donald uh, what sorry no you donald. had a boyfriend before me this is outrageous <laughs> i think you've said that exact same thing before when i mentioned the same yeah, guy well, um, he, i'm still outraged he by it. was terrible and we uh we lived together and he believed that i should not go to college he thought it was a waste of time he thought it was a waste of money and he thought that real people uh worth their salt uh, which i don't know why i say that <laughs> only on this podcast i don't actually say it in my real life um he thought that if you were a self-starter, you could educate yourself and that going to college was for uh, weak-minded people. Yeah, this was a lovely, lovely Total individual. gaslighter. Like, yeah. awful, awful, awful. I, I don't even remember if I've told this story, but I wanted to go to college, but I was ashamed to tell him I wanted to go to college. So I only went to a class on Tuesday nights when he had bowling practice. And on the last night of class, when we had the final, his bowling was canceled because of snow. And so I did not go to my final because I didn't want him to know I was going to college. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Which, to, to think of it now is horrifying. 
And the the reason I am telling you this, uh, yeah, you are definitely not that person anymore. Like, oh, no. you <laughs> you would go to that final, wanna, and you would not. I'm care. going back twenty years later, thirty years later. But I, there is so much of ourselves that I think is based on the expectations of others. The you know people saying you know, you're not the kind of person who should do that, or why can't you just get your health together? Why do you need support? Second guessers who make us feel shame for our weaknesses or for for our desires in life, and whether it's getting a college education or trying to lose weight, our relationships carry judgment with them. And Sometimes we have spouses or loved ones with the best of intentions who are just completely clueless about how to support us in our most vulnerable yeah. area of our life, which is our weight. Like aside like weight and finances are like the most taboo, yeah. you know, like shameful parts of life. And to open yourself up and share your struggles with a partner who isn't supportive can feel so isolating. And luckily, I do not experience that with Donald's, but I have experienced it. And that shame that comes from it, that shame and the guilt is real, and it leads to more secrecy. And it leads to, you know, secret eating and binge eating. You know, if you're if you're ashamed to eat, and you know, I've I've done this. I've done this many, many times in my life. You know, I've been ashamed to eat uh, in front of other people when I weighed a bunch more than I weigh now. And so I would, you know, kind of watch what I ate in front of other people. And then I would get home and secretly just binge, you know, on food just to make myself feel better and drown those feelings. Well, I used to, when I would go on trips, I would bring a 12 pack of cliff bars in my suitcase because whoever I was eating with would undoubtedly be like, I've had three lettuce leaves today. I'm yeah. so full. And yeah, I would exactly. say, I am also full and will now go to my room and eat Cliff Bars. Sometimes I get so busy that I just forget to eat. <laughs> like, I would run into those people. Said me never. Yeah. But we have family members who don't have food issues, who can yeah. nibble on something and be good for the rest of the day. So I would eat in secret quite often because I was ashamed of still being hungry. And we still get yeah. judgment of people going, nobody could eat all that. Hold my beer. I yeah, can't can exactly. eat all that. So we're going to break this episode into a few parts. We're going to talk about why you might be experiencing some lack of support what comes up in your relationships when you try to make changes to your health, and what you can do to guard yourself against lack of support or create better understanding in your relationships so that you are getting the support that you need. So why would a loved one, a friend, uh, or, you know, spouse, uh, partner, why would they possibly not support you? Well, one of the reasons is that issues I thought of- you were asking me a question. <laughs> I was like, funny you should ask, Ed McMahon. <laughs> Why would you not support me? That's really what I want to know. Um, uh, I, what I was going to say is- Sorry. Issues of weight loss, food, and exercise can be deeply personal and emotional. And- That is why some people may not want to support you. They don't want to be confronted with their own issues. And so they see you trying to, you know, in air quotes, get it together. And then they themselves 
don't want to be confronted with the fact that they need to get it together. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that is definitely true. And I know uh, we talk about Gretchen Rubin and her uh, four tendencies framework quite often, which quite is about uh, outer or how one receives accountability. There are upholders who, if they set their mind to it, can just do it like Nike. Yeah. Um, there are rebels who sort of believe like YOLO, you live once, like, uh, let's you know, not change and, and anything. If you, if you tell them to do something, even if they think it's a good idea, they'll go a different direction just because you told them to do it. Right. There are questioners who need really good reasons and support and data. Those and, are the finest people <laughs> that's on Donald. the face of the earth. Oh, wait, that's me. Yeah. And then there are obligers who need external accountability, someone to kind of cheer them on or to be there for them. And so understanding the kind of people in your life, like my uh, my stepmother is an upholder. Yeah. She sets her mind to something. She does it. She doesn't need outer accountability. She doesn't need uh, support. You know, if you if you need to lose weight, just lose weight. That's all you do. And, and you I would say you're an obliger, right? I'm an obliger. And I, I envy my stepmom's ability to be so logical about it and to, to be able to achieve her goals without external accountability. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times people who are upholders don't understand why people need support. Like, why would you join Weight Watchers? Just lose weight. Yeah, like, just, why? just do it. Just don't eat as much and exercise yeah, more. Yeah, you don't it's need to go easy. To... Like, why would you need a support group for that? Right. So you live with an upholder who doesn't understand why you struggle. You live with someone who isn't interested in weight loss themselves. Kind of like Don said, you're confronting them with their own, you know, something that they don't want to change about themselves. Um, the other person might be able to eat whatever they want without consequence. Yeah, like, there are those those rare genetic freaks who uh, who eat and eat and eat. <laughs> um, and it's difficult because when you see somebody eating a whole bag of Pringles and and just gaining- to be clear, I didn't finish that sentence. They eat and eat and eat, and they don't gain any yeah. weight. <laughs> yeah. I am one of those people that eats and eats and eats, but I actually gain weight when I do it. Yeah. Um, there are people who think you're fine as you are. You're beautiful. You've got a beautiful face. Yeah. Let's just YOLO. Yeah. You don't have to change anything. Yeah, why? Um, they've seen you fail before, and they don't understand why you think you should try again. Like, why bother? You've tried before. Yeah. Uh, which is what Boyfriend X used to say also. Yeah. And, Super and- duper guy. <laughs> if you want his number. <laughs> and look, Catherine and I failed and failed and failed like dozens, if not hundreds oh, yeah. of times. Oh, yeah. And and did manage to get it together. So yeah. we are proof that, you know, you, you should keep trying. Yeah. And then I think the biggest one is, and I think Donald mentioned it, your loved one doesn't understand the depth of your disorder. Yeah. They don't understand that you've been, uh, and by you, I mean me. Bulimic, <laughs> bulimic since middle school, and secret eating, and shame eating, and eating to self soothe. Like there is so much. I don't remember when I told you I All was bulimic. All of the above. Like I honestly, have, I I could create an amazing memory of us looking at a sunset and me telling you. But I have no idea when I told you. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think it was before we were married, but I'm not sure. Um, but there is so much secret shame that we have that we don't share where people are like, oh, I never see you eat anything. Like, oh, it's your thyroid. Oh, I just see you eating salads. Like, I still have an issue with secret eating and I think Donald does at times too. And I'll mention it to him and be like, you did? I didn't notice. I was like, that's why it's secret. That's how come it's secret. She's very good at it. And I have, uh, you know, yeah, I still, even now, you know, I have issues with secret eating. I have issues with binge eating. You know, occasionally I'll just 
start eating and cannot stop. Like I lose control me, even now. Me you know, on Wednesday. Even after, <laughs> even after maintaining for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, but, you know, we have not to go too far astray here, but, you know, we have implemented these slow, sustainable habits that are now just part of our lives. And I know when that sort of thing happens, I can get back on track. Well, and also the the shame that we feel and the the depth of our disorder not sharing that with our loved one creates an invisible boundary between us and it can be really hard and vulnerable to share that and we'll talk about some of the reasons why later but the more open i have been about my issue with secret eating like last night i went into the kitchen and i was like all right i'm in the kitchen getting water i'm not secret eating and, <laughs> yeah. and our daughter's like you better not be secret eating that kitchen is closed you get out of there <laughs> Which was like, it's kind of a joke, but it also, it's like, it's real and it's happening. No, and and it it actually is pretty cool that she, you know, that she does yell at you for. (laughs) Yeah, but it's in a, she understands that I have an issue with it. I don't hide it. Right. And I think she has a much better relationship with food than I do. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, she would just. Better than both of us, She would just eat sugar all day long. But that's, but she, she does it in moderation, so it's fine. Yeah. So consider the people in your life. Why might they not be supporting you? So the second question we were going to answer was, what comes up in your relationships when you decide that you want to make a change? Because it's it doesn't happen on a vacuum on a ranch. It yeah. happens in your actual real life. Um, so I think Donald said, it feels like a judgment on the person. If you are saying, I'm going on Weight Watchers, you're reverse saying, you also need to lose weight. Yeah. And they feel judged. And even aside from just losing weight, I know I've run into this a lot. Like, I didn't drink a lot in my early 20s, um, and well, I still really don't, but, um, and I would go to places and, you know, people would get upset at me for not having alcohol right. because I think that they felt guilty in some way. Like, if everyone's not drinking, then I can't enjoy it as much. And so I think a lot of that has to, you know, it's the same thing. Like, well, I can't go to a restaurant and really enjoy it if you're not going to do the yeah, same Gretchen thing. Yeah, Gretchen Rubin talks about that, that, you know, you want to be around people who are having a shared experience and it feels like a judgment if you're outside of that. Yeah. Um, another thing, and it this ties into it, is what you do changes the habits that they have. So if you're used to, you know, ordering a pizza on a Friday night and suddenly you're saying, I'm having a salad, it disrupts the flow of your life together. I yeah. know f- for us, our daughter was visiting her uh, her grandparents, and in the past, the before us of five years ago, would just go on an eating spree. We would just go from restaurant to restaurant. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and just be like, oh, she's gone. Let's go to this restaurant. Let's go to this fancy place. And now that we don't do that, it's like, wow, what do we do? Like, yeah, what do we do with all huh, our free time if we're not, not- going to just go and restaurant hop all the time? But, you know, I think what Catherine was getting at there is people have a real problem with change. And they can try to either consciously or even unconsciously try and sabotage you so that they don't have to have that change in their life. Right. There's also... You know, and with with us too, you may have failed 
at other diet diet attempts so many times that the person just doesn't have faith in you. They don't want to actually invest in your feeling about it because, oh, you know, she'll probably go on it for six weeks and then she'll fall off. And like, it's it's almost like the story of the boy who cried wolf, you know, like you, you keep crying wolf and then people stop believing you when there's an actual wolf. And it's a similar effect. You know, people just roll their eyes and go, well, you know, uh, he said it before. She said it before. Right. Well, and two, there's like, and this this happens. I think I can't remember if it was on Friends, uh, but if someone you love has a a um, a sweetheart that you hate, and they finally break, yeah. they, and they break up, and I then you're like, I never, yeah. I never liked him. Like he was a dirtbag, and then you get back together a week later, and now all the lo- dirty laundry is out there. Like yeah. if you commit and are like, oh my gosh, I'm going on keto. This is it. This is what's going to save me. And yeah. your significant other's like, oh great like i'm not gonna say anything like they want to remain neutral because you get so you come in hot on something yeah they see you fail and they just don't want to be party to that emotional roller coaster because it can be you know really hard when someone's like all right that's it i i listened to this video they said throw out every single single snack in the house we're gonna go i am doing it this time this time i really mean it right with the eye of the tiger music playing in the background and when their lives are upheaved if i threw out every single thing in the house that our daughter ate if I suddenly was like, all right, we're getting up for calisthenics at 5 a.m. Yeah. It's like, okay, b- b- you know, settle down. Like, and it can be really disruptive. So that can be part of the reason why you might not be getting uh, the support that you're hoping for. There's also the social impact of that. Yeah. Now we can't have fun. You know, like, oh, great, you're on another diet. Now f- fun is gone. It disrupts your home workflow, like I said. And there's also, which we talked about, the financial impact of a change like that. Whether you're buying grass-fed beef and suddenly buying yeah. all this health food, you're paying for a diet plan, you're paying for Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers meetings or, or you know, an online support group or something. Yeah, or Orange Theory or whatever. And we talked about this uh, maybe in the Pennywise Pound Foolish episode, but the way I spend money is important. The way Donald spends money is foolish and vice versa. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I'm just saying like. <laughs> no, no, I like, know what you meant. Like my s- subscription to Tiger Beat is valid because. But my subscription to, uh, I was trying to think of nerd. a very funny, Nerd Weekly. Nerd yeah. Weekly is yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Is a waste of money. And if but you, I love Nerd Weekly. Well, it's not as important as Tiger Beat, obviously. Yeah, does right. does Nerd Weekly have Ralph Macchio posters? No, it does not. No. But think about that in your relationships. How you spend money on your fitness, on your health, on your support groups. Your spouse might not understand that because they don't need that kind of support. Why are you wasting $20 a month on Weight Watchers? Yeah. Like, you can do that for free at home. But that spouse might be spending money going to a golf clinic once a month or, you know, investing in RC cars yeah, or exactly. playing, you know, buying equipment to play Fortnite. But we as couples judge the spending of our spouse. And I see it, I have seen it in our relationship and I see it in others' relationships. Oh, yeah. And so being really conscious of that bias, that the way I'm spending money is important and the way you're spending money is unimportant. And it actually came up in uh, Walt Place, our support group, that a husband was non-supportive of someone being in the group. 
you haven't lost any weight. Like, why are you wasting money on this? And it can get really emotional oh, and yeah. really personal and really judgy really quick because you're spending money on this. Like, I want to see the pounds drop. You need to lose, you know, a dollar per, yeah. you know, pound or whatever. Like, and it can feel really, really attacking because suddenly it's like, oh, you're right. I'm not losing any weight. I'm not going to like, oh, I've been going to yoga, but you know, do I feel more Zen? I don't know. Yeah. And so being really aware of that, and hopefully we're going to give you some suggestions uh, soon of, of how to kind of combat that. But we just want oh, you to we be, are. we just want you to be aware of all the sort of trappings that go along and that the weight that goes along with weight loss. So Donald, what can one do? to uh to stave off all of these uh these pitfalls of wanting to take better care of yourself. I'm actually asking you, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm So I very... say to you Donald, you know, Donald, I'll just tell you what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what usually happens. Um I uh I'm glad you asked that question though. Uh one thing that you can do is simply to lead by example and um you know just start to make the changes. You don't have to, you know, necessarily announce right. anything. You don't have to say like, "I am this time. I'm doing it." By royal I'm, decree, yeah. I... Or that you know, I'm going on this plan. Or you know what, I'm going to really I do just this ima- or that. I just imagine the imperial butter guy. I I, I always I, <laughs> here's a surprise. I've hired the imperial butter guy for our show. Um, uh, it's all about the butter, everybody. Because what I spend money on is important, and what <laughs> she spends money on is not. So hiring the imperial butter guy is what I find important. But you don't really have to. You don't have to announce it. You don't have to tell the person, if you know that they're going to be judgy, if you know they're not going to support you, you can just lead by example. You can just start doing some exercise, just start, you know, uh, cooking some foods that are, that fit better into your plan. Just start eating the way you're going to eat and you don't have to necessarily announce it, but lead by example. Well, and two, I think when we do announce our intention, we get the I thought you were on a diet. Yeah. Like, and even if it's on the diet, actually, this happened to me when I first started losing weight. I started in January, and then in April, we went to go visit some friends, and uh, my friend's mother went to lunch with us, and I had planned for a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Like, straight up was like, I'm going to enjoy this. We went to an ice cream parlor. Big surprise, I had a scoop of ice cream. (laughs) And- her my friend's mom was like i thought you were on a diet like shouldn't you girls skip lunch if you're gonna have ice cream and oh, the shame it's me angry just hearing the that story shame i felt yeah i was like and it so i kind of wish i hadn't said anything because then it was a judgment even if it was on plan you can feel shame when someone is judging you and it can throw you off because you're like all right that's it i can't do it it's too much pressure yeah and so yeah just just ease into it don't tell anybody another thing you can do is sort of the opposite which is to be open <laughs> and honest about why you're doing it like really share why you're doing it instead of just saying i am going to lose 50 pounds i'm going to lose 75 pounds whatever it is really talk about you know assuming this is somebody that you actually care about and that actually cares about you talking about your why you know talk about the shame you feel talk about you know how physically you don't feel well you know all of those things you know can mean something to the other person and help them understand why you're doing it and therefore elicit support from them. Well, and two, and it, it, it is a strange shift, but 
I announce my secret eating from the mountaintops now. What? The Imperial Butter Guy. <laughs> I also hired the Imperial Butter Guy. <laughs> the money is important to Do both you like of us to spend colada? on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or the Imperial Butter Guy. <laughs> this is um, my new favorite song. Mine too. So someone recently said... Like, wow, you're going to eat that whole thing? Yeah. And I actually said, I have issues with secret eating. And if I feel like I'm being shamed by you for eating what I want to eat, I'm going to eat in secret. How does that feel? Yeah. Like, and people do not apologize for their opinions. And I spent so many years hiding from other people's opinions that throwing that, I mean, not throwing it back at them, but just being very frank, like, Hey, guess what? I used to be bulimic and, you know, or I'm recovering bulimic, like, and just being super honest about it has been so freeing because carrying that shame, like, I don't know why you're overweight, thyroid, being honest about it. I think we'll change the dialogue. Like the the person who said that to me, who I had to tell them I was secret eating, being able to just say that, it's going to change the way they talk to me about food. And that is important yeah. for anyone because if someone starts judging our daughter for what she's eating and she starts secret eating, like that's another generation of problem and I will not have it. Like, no. So all of you know I secret eat. So <laughs> It's not really a secret anymore. The secret is out. Um, and... Another thing uh, to do is be open and honest about how it's a struggle. Like a lot of people get self-conscious and they get upset if suddenly you're, you know, they feel like you're taking the high road or you're suddenly you think you're better than them in some way because you're abstaining from all of these treats or that you're exercising. It can make people feel a lot better and also elicit their support if you are honest that you're struggling, that this is difficult, that it is, it's not easy for you. And then they can better relate in, in terms of, you know, supporting you. For sure. And there are people out there, and I, I think I'm going to go through a list of some shame responses, but there are people out there who are incapable, as much as you love them, are incapable of supporting you the way you need to be supported. Uh, for example, loved my grandmother with all of my heart. Like, I, she, she's been gone six years. I think about her every day. Loved her. Yeah. The least supportive person. Oh, yeah. Ever. Like, Donald and I were. (laughs) When we came home and announced that we were engaged, like, we had told my parents, we had told Catherine's parents, and they were all, like, super, you know, happy and excited. We told her grandmother, and her grandmother went, ha! She actually said ha, and then she was like, oh, you're always pretending to be engaged. (laughs) You're always walking around with a ring on your finger going, you're engaged. I don't know what she was talking about. But specifically, weight-wise... She would say things like, you're never going to lose enough weight to fit into that. Yeah. When we were dating long distance, I was like, I miss Donald. I haven't seen him in three months. And this was before the internet. So that was like a hard three. Yeah, that, that was a hard. Was like, there were no like, you know, Skype calls or no. anything like that. And so my grandmother would be like, you miss Donald. Like she was the one upper. Like you miss Donald. Your grandfather was in World War II and I didn't see him for two years. So yeah. like I was like, oh, okay, I have no feelings. Like that's yeah. fine. But knowing that she was the wrong person to go to for support in missing Donald or on weight loss, she was incapable of it. 
consider the people in your life that you keep going to for words of affirmation or support. That's the five love languages episode. They just might not be capable of it. Or you need to be able to tell them what you need from them. Yeah, you need to ask for support and be specific about it. Yeah, decide what you need. I had a great lesson from a friend because I'm a generally a fixer, uh, which is why I have a podcast, um, <laughs> who was complaining about work and she was she was heartfeltly telling me like, oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. And so I launched, launched into, okay, well, what you need to do is this and this and this and this and this. And yeah. she stopped me and said, I just need you to hear me and I just need to tell you to tell me you love me. Yeah, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but one of my, you know, I don't love the movie, but one of my favorite movie moments um, is from a movie called White Men Can't Jump, and uh, Rosie Perez is in bed with Woody Harrelson. This is new information. (laughs) I feel like a whole part of the 90s just opened up to me, and I have no idea what's happening. I've talked about this with you before. I don't listen to you. And they're kind of waking up, and she says, oh, man, I'm thirsty. And so he gets up and gets her a glass of water and comes back to bed. And she says, no, I didn't want you to fix my problem. I just wanted you to say to me, I, too, have felt thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted you to relate to me. You know, and, and I think a lot of people... People are are like that. You have to be specific about what kind of support you want, that you don't want the person to necessarily fix your problems, or maybe you do, maybe that is what you want, but ask for the support that you need and be really specific about what it is that you want. Well, and I think that understanding what you need takes time. Um, We actually uh, read a book called The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's it's a really good uh, good book. And it's not directly, it does not directly involve weight loss, but you know, everything relates to weight loss uh, eventually. But she talks a lot about sharing shame and the types of responses that you might get from loved ones that can um, negatively affect your ability to be authentic and to share honestly. Um, she lists six categories, which uh, I, I don't remember exactly what they are, but there's someone who wants to one-up you, like, you're, you have a problem with eating, I have a problem with eating. So yeah. they diminish your need. You think this is good salsa. You've obviously never been to Ecuador. Right. Um, so there, there are a few different shame responses. There's the judgment. If you tell someone like, I really need to do Weight Watchers because I'm feeling lost, who would say, why can't you just get it together? Yeah. You know, they're the upholder. Just do it. Just run a mile. What's your problem? Right. There's the advice giver, uh, which is used to be me, which is you know what you should do is like yeah. you say i'm doing keto and they say what you should do is yeah and then that makes you want to shelter and hide and not share because they're second guessing your your plan there's also the second guesser who says well what do you think this why do you think this is going to work and then that makes you feel like oh gosh maybe they're right maybe i shouldn't there's the one upper like i said well i had i had a friend who lost 100 pounds by just cutting out coca-cola like you should do that like what do you mean you're working on a plan like yeah that's, and there's always the person who the magical unicorn who's lost weight by changing nothing i just i started eating one big mac every lunch instead of two and the pounds just melted they off. melted away yeah um there's the uh, i came up with this one myself the bad dog which is <laughs> which is and i've had this happen before where people go 
oh, wow, you're joining Weight Watchers. I'm really glad because we were talking about like how much you've let yourself go. And like, boy, it's about time you took care. Oh, so terrible. That is not a compliment. Like that is so, when you feel shame, more shame upon shame when you share something is bad. Um, There's the status quo person, the YOLO, like, ah, body positivity. Let you be who you are. Like, why fight it? Just, you know, not fighting it got Donald diabetes. So that was fun. That was fun times. Um, And then there's the banker. Why would you waste money on that? Like, can't you just do it yourself? And the person who second guesses the way you're spending your money or the way you're investing your time, like, oh, why go to a meeting once a week? Like, don't you have other things to do? Like, and all of that is a judgment call. All of that leads to shame and recognizing how you do that yourself. Like I was the fixer. And until I read that book, I didn't realize I was the fixer. Yeah. I didn't realize my grandmother was a one upper. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really like eye opening because it was like, that's who she is. That's how she relates to people is like, my life is worse than yours. But what we might need is the cheerleader. Yeah. Not the coach, but the cheerleader who's like, I believe in you. And it's it's really difficult to do, but, you know, directly asking people and say, look, you know what I really need? I don't need you to fix my problem. I don't need you to give me advice on it. I just want you to cheer me on. I just want you to tell me I can do it and be really honest about that. And you may be surprised that you can get that kind of support. Well, and two, I think there are some hard truths about this whole weight loss journey. First, not everyone has the emotional bandwidth to support you. They might have their own things going on in their life. They might envy the fact that you want to join Orange Theory and they can't afford it. Everyone has their own thing going on. And not everyone is going to be in a headspace where they can cheer you on, especially if they're not happy with where they are or if they're struggling somehow. Yeah. Not everyone knows the right thing to say. And that is a huge issue because there are so many times when big things happen in our lives and we're just not equipped to know how to root for someone or know the right words that you need if you don't tell people what you need. You know, and I run into situations even now all the time where I don't really know. I have to really think about how I'm going to respond to somebody when they ask me a question. And that's after, you know, over 100 episodes of this show and maintaining for a couple of years and having an online support group and all of that. Sometimes it can be really hard to to come up with the right thing to say to somebody. For sure. And a lot of times now, I just say, like, what do you need? Yeah. And that is such a more open way to respond to someone or thank you for trusting me with that. That's huge. Yeah. Like, you told me that you're bulimic. I hear you, and I am grateful that you trusted me. And we say that with our daughter sometimes, too. Like, if she shares something personal. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for trusting us with that. Yeah. And no judgment call. There's also, like Donald said, The truth is you don't have to tell anyone what you're doing, and it's okay to keep things private and to yourself if that's what you need. So now I think we're going to go on to what to do if you're not getting that support at home. Um, And we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but we have a few more uh, suggestions on what to do. One one more thing to do, and this is, you know, sort of to keep yourself grounded and to keep yourself from going crazy is remember that it is not your job to change the person. You are not put here to to 
you know, turn them around and make them, you know, the some people are just not going to change no matter what you do. Right. It's like it's not a mock trial where you're being judged like a forensics team or something of like, yeah, you did it. You convinced me like just keep going. It is your job to take care of yourself and to turn yourself around. It is not your job to turn them around. And another thing you can do is try and use their negativity to inspire you. You know, if somebody says to you that they don't think you're going to, that you can do it, or they give you um, the, you know, well, that didn't work before. Why do you think it's going to work now? You know, use that negativity as a, well, I'll show them, you know, and then use that to inspire you. And then finally, um, find support outside of your sphere of friends. You know, whether that's adding friends to your life, whether that's finding them at some sort of supportive class or a place like Weight Watchers or um, a spin class or a yoga class or finding an online community. I mean, that was the main reason we started uh, Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, was so that people would have an online place to go to find others who would support them and were there to do nothing except support them. Well, and I joined, uh, initially when I started, I joined a support community. And I kind of did it on a whim, like, ah, it's a you know dollar for the first month. What do I have to lose? Like, yeah. I'm, I've already lost, lost 60 pounds, like... I know what I'm doing. It's fine. I hadn't even dealt with my emotional boundaries yet. Like there was so much I learned from being in a supportive community. Um, so whether it's a, a Facebook community or a fellowship, or there's also uh, a group called Spark People, which is a weight loss support group. Uh, there are so many different ways that you can find support outside of your home because putting all of like Donald doesn't really need as much external accountability as I do. And being in a community has changed my life, even into two years of maintenance. Like I still struggle. I still have issues. Yeah. And staying present with people who understand the struggle and being open has really changed my life because there might be an upholder out there who doesn't need support. They don't need to run with anybody. They don't need to exercise with anybody. They set a goal, they get it done and yeah. they're fixed. I am not that person. I need external accountability. And I am fortunate to have a spouse who supports my endeavors. But it was really weird at first paying for a support community yeah. and being like, hey, I'd like to spend $20 a month on this because I value my health. Like, And we're at a point <laughs> now where I can be open about it. But I was really self-conscious about it at first. And it's another thing, you know, uh, again, it's super hard to do. It is easy to say. It is harder to do when you're face-to-face -face with somebody. But talking about how investing in yourself now will prevent you from having to uh, invest in yourself later when you don't have a choice. You know, taking care of your health needs now Either you do it now or you do it when you have no choice and you're forced into it and it's in the, you know, the form of a diabetes diagnosis if you're me or, you know, even worse, you know, something comes along that it's too late for you to do anything about or something that ends up cost, you know, costing you lots more money in terms of a hospitalization or an ambulance ride or costs your time away from work, like all of those things, you know, before it's too late. For sure. And I think, too, the part of this whole process for me has been 
understanding myself better through podcasts like Happier that talk about the four tendencies and the different personality types, understanding the five love languages. Oh, yeah. And understanding how Donald responds to things. It, does he need verbal support? Does he need, you know, acts of service? All of that factors in understanding yourself better, understanding your spouse better, understanding the circumstances of those around you. If your sister-in-law is about to lose her job, she might not be super interested in you investing in weekly right. yoga practice. And that right. gets back into like the Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like knowing that, understanding where other people are, it all matters in the journey because someone might just not be ready to be that support person for you. So finding who can support you now, understanding your boundaries, um, all of that matters. So in all of this, there's the mindset, there's the weight loss, and there's the boundaries that we create for ourselves, and the support network that we have to build because it might not be inherently obvious to those you love what you need. And so being able to find your voice and fill that void and not need to watch The Biggest Loser and just wish that you were zapped out of your actual life yeah. and then berated by super fit people, like it really, really can be done with small, sustainable changes. And I know we say that all the time, but seeing that episode of The Biggest Loser just punctuated with a giant exclamation point and maybe an ex expletive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do not have to throw up into a bucket oh to see God. progress. You do not have to be crying and running a mile. Nor should you, Or by nor the way. should you. Like, it's horrifying to me. And we can root for these people. We can wish them great success. We can wish that they get to that magic finish line that they want to. But if they don't have the mindset and the boundaries and the understanding of the people around them and the 365 surprises that each of us face yeah. every day, the weight is going to come back. It's going to come back for me. It's going to come back for Donald, like Terminator 5. Yeah, come like, back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. And we know ourselves better now. And we want you, if you are listening to this, to feel like you deserve a space in your home, in your family, and to be able to assert your needs with those you love. Because there is nothing more lonely than hiding from your boyfriend who doesn't want you to go to college. Man. Like, it is horrifying. If I could build a time machine, one, go kill Hitler. Two, <laughs> punch that guy in the face. And then maybe like third, stop off at Disneyland in like 1955. Yeah. In that order, in probably. In that order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you but, have your priorities straight. But feeling like a whole person in your in your home matters. You should not be a wallflower. You should not be an accent pillow in your own space. You have a voice. We are here to help you find it. And it is your responsibility to those that you love to shine the brightest that you can in your own space. And I think that just about wraps it up. Um, and if you need support in your life, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we like being cheerleaders. And uh, I think that we're good at it. If I can uh, pat ourselves on the back, um, you can reach Give us. Give me a pat. <laughs> on the back. 
back. You can, <laughs> you can reach us at uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com uh, or you can go to our website, uh, weonlylookthin.com. Yeah, and if you go to weonlylookthin.com and click on our support group link, uh, you can find out more about Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is a support group for women on Facebook. No judgment, no shame, just an awesome place to share your struggles and successes. Uh, super duper crazy proud of all of the women in our group right now. Like I actually told Donald this morning that I wanted to cry because someone had a great January and I was so proud of them. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Her name was Kim. I'm going to say I'm proud of Kim. There, I said it. We're so happy for you, Kim, having such a great January. And uh, we know you can keep it up. And if you would like to uh, hang out with Kim in an online forum, <laughs> you can go to weonlylookthin.com and click on Join the Support Group. Um, if you uh, sign up for a one-month membership, it comes with a complimentary three-day trial. So you can check it out, see if you like it. And uh, if you sign up for the three-month membership, uh, it comes with a uh, free seven-day trial. Yeah, and maybe we should just change our name to We Only Look Kim because it's easy <laughs> to spell. Kim's doing a great job. Other people are also doing and a great job. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. You can email us. We said that. You can find us on the socials. We didn't say the socials. Oh, you can uh, find us socials. at We Only Look Thin, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. And so even after listening to all of this amazing advice, if you're not sure if your sports bra is more supportive or <laughs> we are more supportive, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.